Heupel lobs a pass downfield, and it's incomplete. Oh, he caught it. He caught it on the on the ground. Andre Wolfolk deflected the ball away from the defensive cornerback, Deion Booker. The ball came down while he was laying on the ground right to him. Uh, there's the good stuff right there. 2000 OU Nebraska. OU will play its final Big 12 home game on Friday, and that one's going to be tough to top. In fact, I don't think you can top it. Uh, 2000 OU Nebraska to me, Travis, has to be thought of, has to be known as the best OU home game in the Big 12 era. I don't, I don't really know how you top that one. Yeah, yeah, at least full game. You know, there, there have been times that you looked at, you know, the Big, Big 12 era games and you had incredible individual performances, right? Um, you know, some record-setting, record-breaking performances. But, but yeah, I think, uh, I think as far as the entire game goes, yeah, I think, I think that's up there. What's going on at uh, Andy B's in Tulsa, by the way? Man, it's it's packed in here right now. So I, like I, I guess I guess kids, are, yeah, yeah, you can hear it for sure. That's one thing about a bowling lane. There is there is no other sound like pins uh, uh, pins dropping all over the place. But man, they've got uh, obviously those holiday parties that I talk about every week. Those have been booked up like crazy. Uh, if you want to book yours, I know they're filling up. But try and get in bowlandybees.com backslash Tulsa. Or you can call 918-299-9494. But, uh, you know, Wednesday they got that service industry night that they love to do. 7 p.m. to close. Tyler, it's $7 unlimited bowling until close, which is just absurd. And then they've got the beer and food specials. So uh, if you know people in the service industry, if you're in the service industry, come on out. Come out and hang out with me. I mean, I guess the kids are out of school because, man, I see a bunch of kids rolling through. So um, you guys uh, come hang out with me. I'll be out here till 6. Any chance uh, Tulsa legend, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Largent is out there where you are supposed to talk to him in about 35 minutes? Maybe he'll well, just grab a headset with you over there at Andy B's. That'll work out. Well, he might. I'll tell you what, though. Um I'll, I'll look around. I'll look up for the guy that uh, is bowling a 300 because if there's one guy that's pretty much good at everything, Tyler, there's been two guys that are just good at everything they do. That's Steve Largent and Sam Bradford. Yeah, seriously, man. It's like everything they do, they're really good at. So Steve Largent's probably out here bowling a 300, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk to him at uh, 4 p.m. today. At least I'm told we will talk to him at 4 p.m. today. Uh, that, that, that'll be fun to see what he thinks about – uh, Tulsa, TU, Drake Stoops, uh, maybe some OU questions in there as well. That'll be fun at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Here's my top five. Text line, feel free to disagree with it. Feel free to come up with your own top five. But my top five Big 12 home games, I've got the 99 OU A&M game at number five. OU won 51-6. Texas A&M, hard to believe it. But they were ranked top 15 going into that game, Travis. And they were coming off a conference championship. Their last conference championship was in 1998. And the year after, they came to Norman. OU hadn't beaten A&M in a while, and they beat him down 51-6. to Bob Stoops has talked about the importance of that win quite a bit. That really got things kick-started. I've got OU A&M 99 at 5. I've got 0-1. OU Kansas State at 4. Uh, game day was there. Corso picked Kansas State. OU won in a close one. Number three, I have 2003 Bedlam. OU housed Oklahoma State that day. Had a goal line stand in the second half. Number two, I've got the jump around game. OU Tech at 08. And then, like we said, OU Nebraska in 2000, number one. What, what, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, only because timing-wise, obviously the 2000 national title team, that, that that's the one. I truly, I truly think that 08 game is, I mean, it's known as the jump around game, right? I mean, it's got a name to it, Tyler. So uh, I think your list is fantastic, uh, but but yeah, the you can't turn down a national championship team, one Nebraska, three Oklahoma, as it were. But but yeah, I think is that the only home it, game I, that has its own name? That's that's I never thought about that until you said it. Um, I would I would probably suppose it would have to be right because I mean, I suppose you might have other plays like i think if we if we say like um the antonio perkins game like everybody knows what you're talking about or something like that but but as far as just the jump around game everybody knows what you're talking about and i do think that's the one and and really brent musburger was on the call i'll never forget it i mean there was i'll never forget leach rest in peace looking on the sideline like what on earth did we wake (laughs) up you know what i mean yeah and the uh, and the caveat to that, Tyler, the caveat to that game was that it was it was following Texas just peeing down their leg with a golden opportunity, and I think that's what is like a little bit of extra credit on that game for me is the circumstances that allowed that game to be so great because you had Texas really oh yeah. really blow it before that top five matchup in Norman man it was it was awesome oh you rolled that night in Norman Michigan Sooner says underrated Big 12 home game how about Missouri in 2007 yeah that's another game where college game day was on hand in Norman now I don't think Corso picked Missouri that day like he picked Kansas State in 2001 but that was just uh one of a, a few moments where Curtis Lofton got the better of Chase Daniel and I think Curtis Lofton what, had a scoop and score in that game, picked up a fumble and scored. OU beat Missouri for the first time that night in 2007. They beat him again when Missouri was the number one team that year in the Big 12 championship game. But Missouri in 2007, that's a pretty good one. And Chase Daniel did not like Travis. He did not like playing against Curtis Lofton. But I guess who really did? Right. <laughs> yeah, not, not many did. I mean, um, just trying to think. How many... How many Bedlams did you have on your list? Did you, did just you just, just the one, just the 3 game on there. Okay. Okay, got you. I was just thinking because, you know, with Bedlam a couple weeks ago, I remember us going through a bunch of those. I was making sure none of those were missed. But um, when, you, when you think of, um, you know, historically, a win over Alabama is always good. Um, yeah, I think I think your list works out pretty well. It's something that I'll go with. Chapstick says, how'd the Big 12 screw up so bad? It was the best conference in the 2000s. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, mid-2000s. Heck, dude, even um, when you got into 08 and 09, when OU played for a conference title in 08, uh, Texas played for it in 09, it was still one of the best, if not the best. Um, conference realignment and Nebraska being terrible – is probably the biggest reasons why the Big 12 screwed up so bad. But for sure, 20 years ago, it was it was, it was was the best conference in college football 20 years ago. Yeah, well, and you bring up Nebraska. How about Nebraska's last game in the Big 12? Uh, oh, yeah. That was against OU. You remember OU. 2010? Yeah, yeah, against OU. Yeah, OU had the big comeback against them. Um, but it, just all this talk about, uh, you know, we mentioned obviously the 2000 Nebraska game. You bring up Nebraska again, and when you think of – that iteration of the Big 12 when Nebraska was good, yeah, it was absolutely the best conference. That's why, you know, when people talk about, 
oh well, you know, a lot of those OU Big Twelve championships are in the Big Twelve or are in the you know the the crappy Big Twelve. No, don't get it twisted. Yeah. OU was dominating the best conference in America. Do not get it twisted. Yeah, uh, Texas being Texas and strong arming the conference didn't help at all. Says a texture in the four hundred five. Yes, Texas is very much to blame for uh, Nebraska, A and M, and some others leaving the uh, Big Twelve. When in doubt, just blame it on Texas. Just blame it on Texas in this conference. When in doubt, <laughs> exactly. Words to live by. Soonerman ninety three says top five Big Twelve games at home. Number one, the twenty twelve overtime Bedlam win. Yeah, that's a good one. Number two, the twenty fifteen TCU win. You won thirty to twenty nine. Uh, number three, twenty nineteen Iowa State. OU won forty two forty one, and then any win with Baker at home. So Soonerman's not going with the uh, traditional. Wins that we talk about maybe in the early 2000s going more recent there. But that 2012 uh, Bedlam game is definitely honorable mention for me, at least. Any win with Baker at home, my my guy, that's a lot of wins. A lot of wins, man. Yeah, a <laughs> lot, lot of wins. And, yes, text line, the Longhorn Network is to blame as, is to blame as well for the, uh, for the Big 12 uh, being what it is today or being what it's going to be here moving forward. Uh, how about this from the 918? How loud is the SEC chant going to be as the fourth quarter clock winds down on Friday afternoon? You think that's going to happen? I mean, we the fan base already mockingly chanted SEC at bad calls. I truly think there's no way it doesn't happen, right, Tyler? Like if if you've got it, if you've got a situation in there where who knows, maybe Jackson closes the game. You know, since you've already burned the red shirt, maybe he closes the game and he needs it. Maybe they, uh, maybe they, you know, let DG go back out there and maybe what, what will likely be his final game in Norman and him close it. But just if we're able to get Tyler to a moment where we're kneeing the ball in that victory formation, yeah. it's it, it really seems like SEC is going to rain down on uh, Owen Field. It's your uh, opportunity to give a middle finger to the conference, right, before you before you officially get out. E- everyone's tired of this league. Like, LG Sooner 63, I'm just so ready to get out of this sorry conference. Yeah, I, I, could, I would retweet that if I could. I think we all agree with that. And doing the SEC chant, though you don't want to be like, – y- you don't want that to be the norm moving forward, being one of the schools that chants, SEC, when Alabama wins something. But it's your way to give a middle finger to the conference. But the ultimate middle finger is just to find your way in the Big 12 championship and win the thing before you actually get out of the league. Yeah, uh, it, it would be funny in the last home game if, like the, um, you know, like the fan fan engagement programming uh, does something where, you know, they they somehow put up a picture of Brett Yormark on the jumbotron. Whether it's, you know, what, you know, one of the, which year was this, you know, this guy got hired by, you know, Rock Nation or blah, 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 like something like that, just to find an excuse to get him on the Jumbotron so OU fans can just let out the loudest <laughs> boos that you've yes. heard in that place in uh, forever. Like, I mean, you could, you could find a way to, you know, get him up there somehow. Yeah. God be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Uh, 918 says 2008 jump around game, but my favorite is the 77 0 beating of Texas A&M. That's from Sooner Harley J. You see Bob Stoops commenting on our tweet today? Or for, I guess it was technically from yesterday on the 77 nothing game. 
Yeah, Bob Stoops hopped in there, and then Jason White was <laughs> yeah. complaining that he didn't let him go in after half. No, that's a uh, that's a great one, man. Bob said, shrug emoji with 2.06 left on the clock in the third queue. Just saying, shrug emoji with the score 77 nothing. Yeah, you let him yeah, know, if, Bob. If there's a conversation about which is the better job, um, I'm pretty sure we know what Bob Stoops' opinion is going to be on it. Yeah, you'd be getting those, you kidding me? Uh, comments from Bob, and that's that's how I would respond as well. Uh, one more from the 405. Taking a knee? You mean faking a knee and throwing the go routes? <laughs> that was, yes, of course. That of course, that's what I meant. Yes, that of course, so that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, 405-651-3439. Let's have fun on this day. We are off tomorrow on Thursday. Back at it on Friday with pre- and post-game coverage. We'll be with you starting at, uh, what, 7 a.m. live from Campus Corner. We'll be at Balfour of Norman, Boyd Street Ventures, and then, of course, O'Connell's. Travis and I will be there for the postgame show. Hit us up on the text line. More OUTCU, more OU football next right here on The Ref. Nobody covers your team like The Ref. If it's Sooner News and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. At Bob Moore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. Experience exceptional at Bob Moore Nissan, I-35 in Tecumseh, or online at BobMooreNissan.com. Black Friday deals are here. And the Ad Council. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you, okay? And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. Yeah, that happened before the season. Has it been forgotten? Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark said that to a group of Texas Tech fans. If you were Texas, one, would you play that? And if two, yes, would you play it before the game, during the game, or after the game? How would you handle that if you're UT? I mean, I, I would I would clip it into the pregame, wouldn't you? I think. Wouldn't that be part of your hype video? Yeah. It's got to be a part of your hype video, and now teams after big wins – you know, put out the big Twitter video two or three days later. Oh, yeah. Oh, you that put thing one out. Do uh, numbers. Yeah. Oh, you put one out uh, after the BYU game uh, yesterday. You you got to have that. You got to have that video clip to start off your, your hype video if you win. Well, and, and the OU post Texas one was absolutely, I mean, it was cinema. I mean, it was gorgeous. It was so well done. You know, shout out that team that put that together. I mean, they really did a great job on it. If. But, but it got, Tyler, it got 10 million views on Twitter. The thing is, Yormark's comments about Texas at that Lubbock event, they're not really that popular. Like, obviously, we play it. Obviously, it you know, it did a little bit on Twitter. Texas fans know about it. Tech fans know about it, all that. But if Texas were to win that game and put that out on social media and it gets the numbers that that OU video would, how dumb does Brett Yormark look? And how many people nationally look at that and say, wait a minute, he said what? When? You mean this con- You mean this conference commissioner was openly rooting against a current <laughs> member? Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, oh, I feel yeah. like 
I feel like a lot of this, like, people poke fun a little bit at the Big 12 tiebreaker stuff. They poke fun at, like, but, but, but that kind of stuff is like, oh, it's just, you know, a little bit of incompetency. If, if the if the curtain is pulled back from a national perspective on on that, I think it would be I think it would be a lot of fun for everybody involved. Well, and, and think about it too, because I'm sure on the TV broadcast, if they're you know doing their job, that that'll be played on the TV broadcast before, during the game at, at some point, right? Like how how could that not be replayed on the TV broadcast? And if there's any sort of a blatant call that goes against Texas. One of their wide receivers getting tackled in the end zone and no flag is thrown. I, that that video is going to be shown, or at least I hope it would be shown, and it's going to shine some light on, oh, man, what uh, is, is really something going on here with the Big 12? It, it's not going to help the Big 12's case with all that, for sure. I think we just lost Travis there from uh, Andy Bees. We'll get him back shortly. 405-651-3439 if uh, you want to hop in. But, uh, yeah. It's uh, certainly a storyline with that Texas and Texas Tech game, and you need Texas to lose. You need Oklahoma State to lose. Um, Big 12 tiebreaker scenarios. We'll break that down as the show goes on, but pretty simple. Just root for BYU to look like the team they were last Saturday in Provo and go to Stillwater and win. If BYU goes to Stillwater, they go to Boone Pickens Stadium and they win on Saturday, then you get that rematch with Texas if they beat Texas Tech. Friday night in Austin, and that's the easiest um, easiest scenario there. I gave my uh, top five Big 12 games at home, uh, and, and we've got some others on the text line giving their top five games as well. This one from the 405, Ferris from Hong Kong says, 01 Kansas State at five, 02 Alabama at number four, 03 Bedlam at number three, 2008 Tech at number two, and then there's 2000 uh, OU Nebraska sitting there at number one. So I've got the same top three. 03 Bedlam at number three, yes. 08 Tech at two, yes. 2000 Nebraska, one. Really, the only difference that we have is that my number four, I have that 01 OU Kansas State game where OU won by a point. And you've got the 02 Alabama game. I was just looking at Big 12 games. But yes, that 02 Alabama game, Ronaldo Works was kind of the hero there late. That was a, uh, that was, that was a really good football game and it didn't look good for OU there at one point in the fourth quarter but Ronaldo Works got a big play on a shovel pass and then Eric Bassey gets a scoop and score to uh to get a 10-point win but there's been some classics here for sure and even some honorable mentions we mentioned the 2012 Bedlam game at home where OU never led the entire game never led the entire game Travis until Brendan Clay ran into the end zone and threw the football high in the air so I think that we're going to have some uh, amazing, incredible SEC moments at home. Of course we will. But it's just kind of weird to look back and say that you're never going to play in this conference ever again. Just just kind of a weird storyline. Yeah. Hey, that's the nice thing. You don't have to uh, be leading on the scoreboard until it hits zero, Tyler. That's the nice thing about Brennan Clay's play. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. That's true. Um, f- final Big 12 home game in a conference that you've dominated, man especially since the year 2000. And I love the thought of how long is it going to take one of these leftovers from the Big 12 to win the amount of Big 12 championships that, that, that OU's had. And no one's close to doing that. No, no one's close to doing that. So, Travis, that's going to be a line that we're going to be laughing at in probably 20 years' time. Like, wh- we've been in the SEC for 20 years and still no one's gotten close to the number of conference titles OU has? Come on. I'm not, Tyler, I'm not sure it ever happens, to be completely honest with you, because you're adding eight new teams. 
all of them obviously are starting at zero, right? Uh, well, technically, at least as part of this new Big 12. But with with that, I mean, you look at Utah. I mean, you look at the good teams that are going to be in there, right? Utah, Arizona, if they're able to kind of keep this group together, maybe hold on to their head coach and not let him go to A&M. Like, you're getting people that are starting. Tyler, somebody's going to have to go on a run of, like, eight and ten years in order to even get within – you know, reach of us. So I think this is something that, I mean, which is more likely in your opinion? Do you think somebody catches it in, you know, do you, which do you think happens first? Someone catches it or the Big 12 conference is no more because we've gone to some two, you know, some two conference mega super conference or the meteor has hit? Oh, I, I think the last one is someone starts to get close to uh, the OU's record and, and one of the two major conferences says, oh, they're doing nice things. Let's just swoop them up. So it probably will never happen because every time a program gets close, the uh, SEC or the Big Ten says, all right, yeah, we'll take that program now. We'll just yeah, they'll that. get called up to the big show. Exactly. They're like, hey, yeah. say, hey, man, you've won how many? Oh, yeah, you belong here with us. But, but, that, but, I, but that's the thing. With conference realignment, with this, that, and the other, I think it is reasonable to suggest that nobody will ever catch it. I think so too, man, and obviously that's what I'm rooting for. Jay Bynum from Vegas says, My one and only home game was TCU 2017. Baker had called out the fans before and said he didn't want to hear that jump uh, That jump around was the best game ever again. They measured the decibels that night. Baker hit TCU helmets while warming up. Loyal Las Vegas listener. That's a great text. You know who I think that is? I think that's Jennifer from Vegas who we met last Saturday at Wingers there in Provo. I wouldn't be shocked. She was awesome. I know she tunes awesome. in all the time. And we met so many loyal listeners from across the country. Last weekend was just great. I know we've talked about it all week long, but last weekend was just so much fun meeting so many Ref Army members from multiple states. I feel like we covered about half the states in the U.S. with uh, listeners last weekend. Yeah, they packed it out, didn't they? I mean, we had a line out the door, and Wingers is a big place. I mean, and we had a line out the door. People had to go across the street uh, and then and then try and get in a little bit later. I mean, just – just another example of the ref army, man. They show out and couldn't be more couldn't be more impressed by them. They roll deep. 405-651-3439 is the Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. More of your text, more OU football as well, right here on the ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe sooner football? We do too. This is the ref, home of Sooner fans. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have for 63 years. So, if we don't have the exact model you're looking for, we'll order it for you. Preparation and expert analysis detailing your loss and insurance settlement. As your trusted consultant, Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what's yours. Call Brown O'Haver today, 405 735 5510 and make sure they're working for you. Thank you very much, Brad. Everybody's been wondering, Coach, the last two years you've come over to win. Do you have Oklahoma's number? What do you know about this team that nobody else knows? Well, I don't put much stock in having their number. I know this. Our guys can't wait to play this ball game. It's going to be great. In a big game like this, there's a lot of emotion. Do you control it, Coach? To avoid the fact you just let them go with it. has to be called control at, at points, but most of the time, Big 12 memories, less miles before the 03 game. Oklahoma State lost 52-9. Top three uh, all-time Big 12 home game for me. 
It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComish, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. And this hour is brought to you by Cavens Group. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give, a, uh, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. It's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, 405-573-3048. What's your, um, it's not even a midweek feel. What's your late week feel on this football game on Friday morning? Where, where, where are you at with this one? First of all, I gotta, I gotta at least, you know, slide in my favorite Les Miles. I mean, the letter <laughs> rip is good. I like the next Saturday. Two teams are going to play. One is maybe the best team in college football. The other one is a darn good football team. We're gonna play to figure out which one's which in 2003. Yeah, how'd, how'd that work out? Yeah, not well. <laughs> And then after the game, he's at, or, or it's still in 03, he said, they're the best team in college football, we're told. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. 2003 Les Miles is, is, is very much my favorite and, Les Miles. And then in 04, OU wins uh, on a missed field goal in Stillwater, a close game, and he's like raspy voice after the game. I'll take my football team and I'll play any sucker in this country. It was a hell of an era for Bedlam is what it was. Yep. I like this team. I like the fight in this ball club. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, that's national champion uh, Les Miles. I guess we got to refer oh to him the correct God, way. Oh, God, it is. Yeah. I national mean, it, was, it, champion. it took two losses for him to get there. I mean, he had two losses, but I guess it all counts the same. Hey, that's when people are discussing best jobs, you know, I know that was a popular Twitter topic. Obviously, we said so uh, on the K Ref Sports uh, Twitter account, but I still think LSU's up there because two absolute buffoons won national championships there. So I think if, if nothing else, LSU is better than AM, but I digress. Um, midweek feel or late week feel, man, it just it doesn't feel like, well, like with how close this team is. Like, emotionally, they talk about how much they love each other, all the fight and all that kind of stuff. I just don't feel like they don't send this team off with a win over TCU at home. I feel like it, I feel like the crowd's going to be good. You know, I feel like the weather's not going to be too ugly or anything like that. I feel like emotions are going to be running high in the right ways. So, I, I, like, I like the Sooners to win by a score. A score? Oh, okay. I think it's – well, like – I think I think I think seven though. I don't I don't All think right. it's going to be a last minute field goal or anything like that. But I, I like the Sooners to win. But I think it's going to be. I don't think Sooners cover. I know that's probably unpopular, but I don't think the Sooners cover. I don't think it's necessarily unpopular. Uh, I mean, the spread's down to nine and a half. So I mean, it's not like you're way like terribly far off the spread or anything. You know, I don't love that the that the linebackers struggled last week and had their worst game. But in terms of how I think about this game. It just makes me feel like they're not going to have a similar performance as last week, and I, I don't know the reason why. Like, blame it on the the field. Blame it on Stutzman being ill. Like, blame it whatever you want. They just didn't play well. Um, I, I just think the backers are going to play much better all around. And I know TCU throws it around quite a bit, but I'm looking at a 31-21 uh, OU victory and a slight cover for OU. So we're not that far. I mean, I got a 10-point win. You got a 7-point win. So we're not that far off from each other. But one's covering the spread and one isn't. So it feels like two totally different score predictions, I guess. Yeah, well, Tyler, uh, I think if we win by 10, that suggests that we'll have to kick a field goal at some point. Oh, good um, point. So I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not signing up for that. So I think we either win by 7 or 14. Good, good point. Yeah, the the field goal is going to be tough. And I'm about to say, well, maybe it's like a virtual extra point. Well, they had a virtual extra point last week, and it didn't work out, did it? 
So you're right, man. We'll we'll see if uh, in certain situations if they even attempt a field goal or if they just go for it on fourth down. Will be interesting to see. We're supposed to have Steve Largent coming on next. Talk to the University of Tulsa legend, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Should be fun. Keep it locked right here on the Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. A walk on the wild side with Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. This bacon cheeseburger adds southern flair to a classic. Featuring Brahms' pimento cheese piled high on a juicy hamburger patty with jalapenos and crispy hickory smoked bacon. Throw in a slice of American cheese to melt everything together for dreamy, cheesy goodness in every bite. Stop wasting time and go get Brahms. You know, I think he's 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 a good receiver, uh, and I and that's all I, I I watched a couple of OU games this year. I've been able to see a few and uh, watched him as a receiver, and I, I think I think they could throw the ball to him more. But uh, he, he really go gets he go, goes and gets the ball. Uh, he catches it very well. He runs good routes. Uh, he's a good blocker. So he does a lot of the things that uh, you know you don't really statistics about how well he's blocking or how well he's running his route uh, and uh, getting other receivers open by running good routes uh, himself. Uh, so I, I, I think he's really uh, a good receiver uh, and you know it'd just be interesting to see uh, how he closes out the year uh, and where he goes from there. Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Largent last segment talking about Drake Stoops. And, yeah, he's right on there with this assessment of Drake Stoops. He will go through senior day on Friday. And it's time for our under-the-radar segment. Drake Stoops cannot be an under-the-radar candidate. There was a time in his career where he would be, but not anymore, Travis. And I'm not sure where that ended, but Drake Stoops uh, for a while now has not been an under-the-radar player. Yeah, absolutely not. Anybody, anybody with that answer, you might get blocked. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't block on this show. Yeah, we we do not. But hey, we do need your under the radar submissions for Friday against TCU. 405-651-3439. It is our under the radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising. Under the radar shooter startups, learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Who, who you uh, who you thinking for an under the radar player? Well, it's interesting, and I think we might get some interesting answers from the text line on this today, Tyler. Because, I mean, the run games really come along, so it's not like in the past, like Gavin Sawchuk could be. Well, Gavin Sawchuk keeps on ripping off hundred yard games, so um, it's tough, you know. Speaking of running backs, you can't really go with Javante or Marcus because we haven't seen them in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the season, it feels like you know things have kind of got settled into place, so you're not you don't see a lot of chances like you see early in the season. But with all that being said, I'm going to go with Jacob Sexton. Hey. So 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 big sexy. He uh, he got the start, you know, and and apparently Tyler Guyton is healthy. Tyler Guyton is a first round talent. It is likely that he is drafted in the first round, Tyler. And Jacob Sexton played well, and I think he'll continue to play well. And it's really got me excited for the future of this offensive line with guys like him, Jake Taylor, obviously Josh Bates in the center. You've got Troy Everett coming back. Uh, He could play center as well. 
Um, you get you get a lot of dudes, uh, uh, really good dudes in that in that offensive line room. But I think Jacob Sexton, if he's able to secure another start over a healthy first rounder, I really want to see how he plays. Um, and I think that's going to give us a really good idea of what it looks like going into the next season. Uh, uh, under the radar, like offensive linemen normally go, go as under the radar, but uh, with who he's replacing potentially on Friday, yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. So I'm going to go with the pass rusher here. And I know that we've gotten calls in the past saying, ha, their sack numbers are embarrassing. Their pass rush must not be good. Well, that's not really the, the right way to evaluate it. And Brett Vittable said as much just a couple of days ago. But no one has thrown the ball more in conference play this year than TCU. They are the number one passing offense in Big 12 play, but they've thrown it a ton regardless of who's starting. Uh, and that's going to be the case again on Friday. Yes, they're going to try to establish a run game, but you're going to see TCU drop back and throw it several times. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the true freshman here. And he's been quiet the past few weeks, but I think he re-emerges for the last home game of the year. I'm going with P.J. P.J. Adebaware as uh, my under-the-radar player because I think he's going to come up with at least one sack and maybe a couple of other quarterback hurries with as much as he might be in on long third downs and predictable passing situations by TCU. So we're both going with young players here. Hey, that's a good sign, right? And and that's what, that's what I like about this because, <clears throat> you know, the young guys – have really got a lot of playing time, right? When you look at the guys that that you're really excited about moving forward, and, and I'm not trying to knock any seniors or any six-year guys or anything like that, but especially defensively, I mean, look at Kip Lewis, Tyler. Look at Kobe McKenzie. That linebacking doer while Dan, duo when Danny was out played well, especially for guys that are really playing for the first time in their careers. Yeah, Pachati's banged up. But, you know, he looked good, you know, early in camp and things like that. But Lewis Carter's turning a lot ahead. Samuel Masigo's been looking good on special teams. Jacoby Johnson has his first interception, and he's a guy, Tyler. If you watch special teams, watch on kick returns, and watch who the first guy down the field is by about five yards every kickoff, it's Jacoby Johnson. The dude is a freak. So when you start to look at those guys that have got on the field and got on the field early, I mean, I hadn't even said, you know, a guy like Peyton Bowen, you know, who was on pace really before he started getting banged up to be a freshman All-American. I mean, the, the team's just got a lot to be excited about, especially, Tyler, on the defensive end. I like this one from K.A. in B.A. He says, under the radar, RSJ. I, uh, I really like where RSJ's at, and I really like what RSJ can, can, can be. The Broken Arrow native. Yeah, hey. I'm, bit I'm, of a I'm homer a bit... pick there from K.A., picking the hometown kid, but I'm, I'm fine with it. Hey, I like the pick because, you know, anytime, anytime there's a big hit and it's kind of in a, in a scrum, right, you're like, now that Kobe's getting some time, you know, it could be him, it could be RSJ, or it could be Reggie Pearson. Like, those are pretty much the three guys where if you can hear it and it's in the hole, you're like, all right, which one of those three guys did it? Because, I mean, those guys bring that physicality. You look how big Robert Spears Jennings has gotten. Um, obviously he had that injury last year and, you know, really attacked his rehab and he's all the better for it, man. He's, he's, he's looking big, strong, and he still hasn't lost that speed and he loves to deliver that kill shot. Yeah. Well, that one, that one was a pretty good eval because I, uh, I called RS, uh, RSJ a couple of games for, for him and broken arrow. And I remember him as a wide receiver when he was playing at BA more and well, now he's uh, really good, you know, in the back end of your defense. Well, and he didn't, uh, yeah, you're, 
you know, wide receiver out of Broken Arrow. And I remember asking him, you know, why aren't you playing both ways? OU seems to like you uh, as a, you know, as a safety or defensive back. Well, then once the playoffs came around, he started playing both ways. It's like, dude, you got to – it's like Jacoby Johnson with Mustafa. Like, let that guy play both ways. He is the best player on your team. Go go, let him eat on both sides. And that, that union broken arrow game where he and Jaden Rowe faced off, man, that was, that was must-see TV. Frozen Sooner says Barnes under the radar. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see it, but it's pretty obvious who your two best running backs are right now. Well, Tyler – it qualifies. That would certainly be under it's the radar. Definitely under the radar. That's what, he that understood is the, name the, the assignment. <laughs> understood the assignment. It's true. Nine one eight. Jacquez Petaway. His connection with Jackson Arnold gives him more playing time this week. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Petaway, hasn't it been? I, well, what's interesting though, that text assumes that Jackson Arnold is your starting quarterback on mm, Friday. At least someone from the nine one eight believes so. I mean, I mean that's a whole. That's a whole conversation we can get into, but yes, if Jackson Arnold is your starter, then certainly Jaquez Petaway uh, could be your under the radar player of the, uh, because that's the thing. It's who you get reps with, right? It's who you have that chemistry with. And you know, Brent Venables had said that Jackson and Dylan have kind of been splitting time with the ones. You know, your backup gets kind of equal time during the season, um, but you know that chemistry is something that's really got to be developed, and he's got it. You know, with Jaquez Petaway. Jay in Tulsa says, my under-the-radar guy is Austin Stogner. If JFA does indeed start, he's a big, easy target to hit over the middle if given the opportunity. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just hope he doesn't – he's not called for any uh, block in the back uh, penalties. This God, week. that was, yeah, that was such BS. That was such BS. Looking at the replay, he hardly touched the guy. He had a right to be upset. There's no doubt about it. But, no, Austin Stogner – Big body. I don't know if they're going to hold him in to block for Jackson Arnold a little bit more. If uh, you know, if Jackson does end up being the starter, maybe protect the uh, the true freshman in his first home start. If this does happen uh, again, if you're just now tuning in, um, we th- there's been no starter name. Assume it's Dylan Gabriel if he is healthy. Uh, I didn't want somebody to tune in right there and be like, "Wait, they're saying what?" Oh yeah, that's um, how that works. But yeah, so Austin Stogner. I mean. That four-catch, 69-yard performance uh, a couple weeks ago felt like his coming-out party. So uh, didn't you know? Didn't repeat it at BYU, but maybe last game at home situation. Maybe he uh, maybe he starts to uh, get open downfield a bit more. From the 405, it says Brendan Thompson. I'm guessing they mean Brendan Thompson. Jackson has the arm to get it out ahead of him. You know, we've been talking about in-game entertainment for a while now. I would be down for this during a timeout. Jackson Arnold stands at the 20-yard line, um, and he drops back, and Brennan Thompson takes off. Arnold throws it as far as he can and see if he can out-throw uh, Brennan Thompson just running a go route. That, that'd be good in-game uh, entertainment. I'd take well, it. Well, maybe he thought Brennan Thompson was uh, running that go route at BYU uh, <laughs> down the sideline. Maybe that's the case. But, no, I think I think at minimum at the spring game, we got to get somebody to race Brennan Thompson, right? <laughs> good luck to that. 405 PJ will have a four-sat game. Turnbow and OKC says Zach Schmidt. Schmidt in all caps with like seven exclamation marks. <laughs> it is under the radar at this point. It does that qualify. Is, that is so far under the radar. Uh, yeah, that is that is hardly hardly uh, hardly even showing up on the radar. So, yeah, I mean, hey, look, I would like nothing more, Tyler, than – Zach Schmidt to hit like 250 yarders or something like that and just maybe the game winner or something you know what I mean like I feel bad for the kid 
And I feel like if he gets out there and just bombs a couple, that he might get carried off on his shoulders. Even if you win by 30, he'll be carried off on his shoulders at the end of the game. Ferris says, give me Jaden Gibson for at least one TD on Friday. Well, I, I'm, I'm there with you, Ferris. Just throw it to him. Good, good things have happened this year when you've just thrown the ball to Jaden Gibson. And it happened again on Saturday when he had a very under-the-radar segment, a very under-the-radar catch for Jaden Gibson, getting his feet in the end zone for that touchdown. That was a hell of a catch. Well, and what was so great about that play, Tyler, was he was open initially, but Dylan started rolling to the other side because pressure started coming from the right side of the of the offensive line. So he starts rolling out the other way. Jaden is wide open, and, he, and he's like, look, i got to work over to where my quarterback is. So he continues to be open and then just – you know, follows across the back of the end zone, and Dylan makes maybe his throw of the day and puts it on him in the back of the end zone. That was just that was a great play, and I'm so glad that Jaden got paid off for getting open immediately. Blacktop Billy says, I think Gabriel will start on Friday. Jackson Arnold will play in the bowl game. I actually wouldn't be shocked if that's flipped. Jackson Arnold plays Friday, and Gabriel starts the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think if if Dylan, you know, if Dylan's healthy enough to go on Friday, Tyler, I don't see a situation where Dylan doesn't play in the bowl game because again, it's man, it's the send off. I don't think he's a guy that's gonna. He's not the opt out type. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. Um, so I don't. I don't think. And Tyler, he's gonna have an opportunity because bowl game statistics do count. I think he's gonna have an opportunity to climb maybe a couple rungs on that all-time list. 100%. So I know I know that a lot of people might think that doesn't matter, but it matters to coaches, it matters to players, and those are the two people involved with making that decision, Tyler. So I think that if Dylan is healthy, he starts every game that he is available to start. Plus bowl gifts. Who wants to turn down a free uh, Xbox, yeah. you know, I, or uh, what, what, whatever they get these days, a, uh, a gift card, whatever they get depending on the bowl game. Here's an under-the-radar one. Shark says, Jeff Levy, he calls a perfect game in the red area for six touchdowns and no jet sweeps. Wow. Hey. Jeff Levy under the radar. Don't hate it, hey. Shark. Hey, I like it. I like it. It's, uh, you know, you've, you, you seemingly have two versions of Jeff Levy, the version that doesn't stick with what's working and the version that does. So I would like the one. If we if we realize something's working, if Drake Stoops is tearing up his uh, defender, which he normally does, keep going to him. If Gavin Sawchuk is is breaking off, you know, big chunk run after big chunk run, keep going to him. You know, if McCade Mattire and 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 uh, Jacob Sexton on that right side are still blowing everybody up, continue to go that way. You know what I mean? Like that's what you know, Jeff Levy. As they talk about, oh, is he calling a good game? Is he not calling a good game? A lot of people add words like jet sweep or uh, running short of the sticks, or horizontal, east-west type stuff, or things like that. It really comes down to stick with what works. Yeah, I agree. Uh, KW918 says, you know what would be cool under the radar? Woody Washington is a lockdown corner, but he doesn't have a pick yet. I hope he gets one Saturday. He's been a great corner for OU. Yeah, well, that's so weird. That. I second that, KW. That's so weird. It's, it, it's almost like, you know... Early on, Peyton Bowen kept breaking up passes, and everybody's like, well, you know, it's only a matter of time. Woody Washington, you know, your best corner, well, it's only a matter of time. So we lead the country in interceptions, and those two guys haven't had them yet. Like, isn't that so weird? Well, uh, I, I think 
like there's a decent chance KW918 can get his wish because OU leads the country in interceptions and TCU is tied for the most interceptions in the conference this year. I think the number is 11. So TCU throws a lot of interceptions and OU gets a lot of interceptions. That's normally a pretty good little duo there. It's just going to be weird when, you know, it's it, it's going to be weird when 11 defensive players have interceptions this year and none of them are your top corner that has played every game. It's, it's, I know. It's going to be wild. It's, it's going to be wild. 405. so weird. It is. Uh, it's our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Lots of college football head coaching jobs are open right now. We'll look at the scuttlebutt on the major ones and, yeah, more OU football as well right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Bobmore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. Experience exceptional at Bobmore Nissan. I-35 in Tecumseh or online at bobmorenissan.com. Ever wonder why someone would wake up at the crack of dawn just for a chance at the unknown? Maybe a better question is, what are nothing? We'll be back with some final comments right after these messages. Just another classic Big 12 memory on Owen Field. 2003 uh, text line. That was a lot of your favorites. OU beating Texas A&M. 77 to nothing back in 2003 as OU plays its final Big 12 home game on Saturday. Crazy but true. Good riddance to this crap conference. And what is up to the SEC? Can't wait till uh, that happens next year. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. What's going on? I, I can tell it's a party up there. What's going on at Andy B's? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's packed. I'll be honest. Uh, people, people have actually texted me today and said, God, the traffic's crazy. I mean, what's going on? over at Andy B's, and it is packed out. There's no doubt about it. And uh, my guy, Ryland, who's the general manager over here, says right now they're doing a buy $50 game card, get $50 free if you go to their Facebook page uh, and, and click the link. Rules and restrictions to apply, of course, as always. But that's Andy B's Tulsa Facebook page. $50 game card, 50 bucks for free. I mean, that's about as good of a deal as you're going to get. If you do want to book your uh, holiday party here, of course, you can go to bowlandybees.com backslash Tulsa or call 918-299-9494. But go to their Facebook page at Andy B's Tulsa, click the link, and get a $50 game or $50 free when you buy a $50 game card. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. That's a that's a hell of a deal. Andy B's in Tulsa and uh, location opening, or not opening, open in uh, OKC. Check them out here in the metro as well. Yeah. So A&M is the most uh, noteworthy opening right now. I mean, that's probably going to get the most, I don't know, maybe it doesn't get the most well-known candidate, but it's at least the job opening that's getting talked about the most. And I heard the uh, the guys at Texags just say the name and Parker saying that, well, I mean, maybe there's some scuttlebutt around this. Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. Like maybe A&M is at least – reached out to Ryan Day about being the next head coach there? Wow, okay. See, this is what this is what annoys me, right? Is you don't have to go get a big name if you're A&M. Like I just don't 
I don't get it. You went and got a big name last time, and then you had to pay him, you know, a hundred, over $100 million. Obviously, the bio wasn't that, but when you look at his contract, it was. So, I mean, you've already paid two of the top ten biggest buyouts of all time. If you go hire, say, a Ryan Day, you're going to have to buy out his contract with Ohio State, and then what are you going to pay Ryan Day? $150 million? $140 million? Okay, well, guess it, what if it doesn't work out, Tyler? What I mean, what if what if it doesn't work out and he's been accused of being a finesse team, He, you know, getting beat up by Michigan and this, that, and the other? Like, what if that doesn't work out and A&M doesn't reach the heights with all of their resources available? I mean, if I were to write a big old fat check and I were a donor, the last thing I would want to do, Tyler, is go write another big fat check because I don't care how much money you have. You don't like writing those checks and lighting that money on fire yep. and funding somebody else's eternal vacation. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, you. this is still a physical league. And I know that there's offenses like LSU and Alabama, traditional three yards in a cloud of dust teams that are throwing it all over the yard, having a lot of points and yards. And that, that's great. But it's still a physical line of scrimmage league. Why would you want to pay an incredible buyout, an incredible amount of money to Ryan Day, who can't beat Michigan, and he loses it because of the line of scrimmage, right? I I, I can't think, man. I cannot think that Ryan Day would seriously leave Ohio State to take the Texas A&M job. You don't leave Ohio State to take the Texas A&M job. This has got to be just one of those where maybe A&M has shown some interest, and maybe his agent is saying, all right, we'll play along a little bit here, try to get a new contract at the end of the year, but for the life of me, I don't know why a sensible human would leave Ohio State to take Texas A&M, and that's why I don't think Ryan Day's serious about it. No, I agree, and I think they would do a lot better with Jed Fish out of Arizona. That's a big um, name right now. For trailer sure. out of UTSA, Mike Elko out of Duke. Like The problem is, and this is probably why A&M keeps on having the results that they do, is it seems more important to them to flex their wallets than it does to make good decisions. Because, like... I feel like I feel like they care far more about hiring the big name and saying, see, nobody's off limits, as opposed to going and get somebody that's a good coach, that the, that's the right coach. And, and maybe that's because, you know, I'm an Oklahoma guy, and I remember Bob Stoops, first-time head coach. You know, obviously Lincoln Riley was first-time head coach. He was successful until Bob Stoops' fingerprints came off the program more and more. Um, you know, Brent Venables. In his second year as a first-time head coach, Barry Switzer, uh, is, his first time is, head is coach. trying to get to ten wins. Well, I was saying things I remembered. I, that was before I was born. <laughs> okay. But, but yes, to your point, Barry Switzer, first-time head coach. You know, like that kind of thing. Like you don't always have to, like just go get the biggest name. But I think where A and M's priorities are are they're going to just write the biggest check they can to somebody just to show the college football world that they can. And if you do that. I, I just I don't think that's a, a formula that is successful. I don't think so either, and that's why I say that you know everyone wants to believe well, A&M's this great job because of the money. They've got money, money, money. Well, money can obviously be a big asset to a head coaching job and how attractive it is, 
But when you're like, uh, when you're consumed with it, with how much money you make, and you're proud of it, and you put yourself in situations like Texas A&M has, I think that the money, how much you have, could in some ways turn into a weakness. So yes, Texas A&M has a lot of money. No one would deny that. But I think in some ways it gets them in a lot of trouble with head coaching searches and ends up being a weakness at times, more than an overwhelming positive like people want to make it out to be. Well, and I think part of the problem, I think they're going to be at a crossroads, right, Tyler, is you, on one hand, you want to keep players there, right? You, you know, you want to make a sexy hire because is is Trailer or Fish or even Elko, like, are, are those going to excite all those five stars and say, yeah, I'll stick it out here? Or, you know, do you do you hire maybe not the right guy, but the splashy guy, the flashy guy, in order to retain that class? So I guess you've got to kind of just wonder where their priorities are at. And, Tyler, if we know anything about, you know, that, that Texas, uh, you know, big wallet donor culture, they want to go for a splash and they want to retain that recruiting class. And, and it's going to be a shame because a guy like, I mean, Leopold, trailer elko fish these are the kind of guys that i think would do extremely well at texas a&m greg from lawton says we talking about texas <laughs> i mean with a lot of those points we could be talking about texas yeah for sure uh, exactly yeah it looks like jamie chadwell is out of the hunt at mississippi state so how realistic is it that jeff levy could be offered the mississippi state head coaching job what does that look like I, I still don't think – look, I know the connection's there. They're saying, oh, Selman, you know, that's – but they weren't exactly around all the – it's not like they're former roommates or something. Like, it's not – they weren't best friends as far as I know. I know they know each other. But I, I still think that Jeff might not, at least this season, get an SEC job right away. Um, you know, I do think that he's going to be a head coach. There's no doubt about that. But I do think that – He's not quite SEC, but Tyler, if candidates keep on falling off the board for Mississippi State, heck, it might not be, you know, it might expedite Jeff, the process, right? we've been waiting to talk to you, man. Yeah, no, I know. Wait, wait, there were some reports out there that we talked to other guys. Eight to be exact, yeah, but we were just waiting for your season to get over with. That's all we were doing, man. Well, yeah, we, we just, uh, we just, we knew you were in a relationship. We were just dating around a little bit, waiting for you to kind of come to your senses, and uh, once you were available, man, we <laughs> Love it first sight, baby. Yeah, that's that's how that would go down. John and Blanchard says, so is Dylan Gabriel out? Sorry, haven't listened at all today. John, we don't know the answer to that. I know you may not know the answer to that. And we can have guesses, speculation, scuttlebutt, but we really won't know if Dylan Gabriel's out um, until the first series on Friday because there's no other media availabilities before the game on Friday. So no one's going to talk to Brent Venables or the players or anything. So that's that's when we'll, that's when we'll find out. Is on uh, is on Friday. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. You know, if, if Dylan Gabriel's healthy, he should play. In my in my opinion, I think you let they him go out. They got to prep for two quarterbacks. That's you know, I I heard BYU's offensive coordinator saying, yeah, I talked to some guys at Oklahoma, and they admitted it was tough to pre- to prepare for two quarterbacks. So I mean, yeah, well, you at least often, have that. How often have you been able to not you know this late in the season not say who the starting quarterback's going to be until the start of the game? Like how often? Uh, not very not at Oklahoma you haven't been able to say it that often so uh yeah I mean it's an advantage 
Might as well, might as well use it. Let it be a game time decision and come out and surprise everybody. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll wrap up hour number two of the rush coming up next. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner News and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like... In the heart of Norman at 2201 West Main Street. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Billy Bowman... Named the National Defensive Back of the Week. The Thorpe Award gives that award out every single week. Billy Bowman, the National Defensive Back of the Week. He was not a Thorpe semifinalist, but um, he's got to be in contention for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, right? Like, I, I don't know if he's the front runner. Maybe one of those Texas defensive linemen is, but Bowman would be on the short list for Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. He's had a great season. Yeah, and I always think back to a, uh, a tweet. Um, from I think it was last year, somebody said he would. They were in my replies, going, "Man, this is Buki 2.0, just a highly rated oh, guy that that wow. hasn't that 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 is just gonna not do anything." But and I've I've got them buried in my bookmark somewhere, Jeez. so you'll you'll have to look out for a uh, for a retweet or a retweeted receipt um, eventually. Uh, from my account, because Buki 2.0, he's been anything but that. Jeez, that's a that's a hell of a take right there, man. That's not not age well. But congrats to Billy Bowman, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, now the National Defensive Back of the Week. How how's the crowd going to be on Friday? I haven't looked at ticket prices. Um, I haven't heard of too many people who are going to be out of town and missing the game. So I'm hopeful the crowd's still going to be really good. But w- what do you think? 11 a.m. on a Friday. It should be great, man. I think uh, I think you know everybody will be full off uh, leftover turkey sandwiches that they uh, have at their tailgate prior to the game. It's just got to feel. It's the last game of the season, man. So all the people that have been tailgating all year, all the people that maybe hadn't been able to make it to games, and now the kids are on fall break and they can do it. Like and last game of the Big Twelve, last game yeah. for Drake Stoops, last game for Dylan Gabriel, last game for like it's just. And no other it's, games during that time that you really care about or feel like you need to watch. Right, you're still alive for a Big Twelve championship uh, appearance, so you need to, you know, you need to win the game. Of course, a couple other things have to happen to get there, but no, I think the crowd is going to be great. You know, it was great after two consecutive losses to Kansas and Oklahoma State that West Virginia game, and I know that that was a night game on a Saturday, but I don't know. I still think people are bought in. A lot of people showed up to Provo last week. I, I, I think we'll get a good crowd, 11 a.m. on a Friday, for a lot of the reasons that you just listed there. Final hour is coming up next right here on The Ref. Is it a can with some nameless need? Is there something?